Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. In 2021, local book lovers turned to the San Diego County Library for comfort and distraction. UT columnist Carla Peterson went to find out what the top 10 books, ebooks, and movies were. Welcome, Carla. Hey, Christy. Okay, so any themes in what San Diegans were reading in 2021? Does anything stand out to you? Well, I think the themes are what you would expect, which is people wanted comfort reading. Um, they wanted to go with what was familiar. They wanted big books with, you know, big yarns that they could escape into. Um, and that was pretty much what, what it was. It was comfort and it was familiarity. And it was uh, something that you could just dive into and uh, escape into. So what were some of the top books checked out in 2021? Well, the top, um, the top books, the top 10 books uh, were, should I read all of them? Uh, you know what? We don't have to do all of them. This will give people, um, you know, some encouragement to go actually check out your story, but you know, top three or five, uh, whatever okay. you see fit. Yeah. Let's look at the, the, the top five books for adults were um, A Slow Fire Burning by Paula Hawkins, um, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens, which has been in the top 10 everybody for, uh, it feels like years now, such a, such a book club staple. And it's a real good, a real good escapist. Um, at number three, we had The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. Um, she's the writer of Firefly Lane and a bunch of other books that are big and all engulfing. Um, so that is no big surprise. Um, number four was The Madness of Crowds by Louise Penny who's a real popular writer. And number five was Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty, um, who gave us uh, Nine Perfect Strangers and um, Big Little Lies. So she's someone that you can, is very reliable. You can always turn to Leanne Moriarty if you need to just get out of your head. So that was the, that was the top 10 books. And a, an interesting thing that emerged was, um, two books that kind of ruled everything, which was Matt Haig's The Midnight Library and then Kristen Hanna's The Four Winds. Um, they were, uh, they hit the trifecta. They hit the library's most checked out books, eBooks and audiobooks. Um, and again, no big surprise. I think, especially with Matt Haig's The Midnight Library, that's a good one because the heroine, um, discovers a magic library where she gets to explore all the lives, all the possible lives that she did not live for various reasons. And who didn't want to do that? Right. You know, who didn't want to look at, you know, what if uh, X, you know, disaster had never happened? You know, what, what would that have been like? Um, it, it was a really good book. It was a lot of fun. I read it and it was just, Fun to look at a life where you know what if I was a rock star you know what if I uh, took that job um it was I think in a time when maybe we felt like we didn't have very many choices <laughs> um the midnight library was a real good one so that and Kristen Hanna's four winds uh, which was a depression era uh book and um the heroine escapes depression era Texas but then she ends up in the San Joaquin Valley where everything is dust bowl and terrible also. And she forges ahead and finds a life for herself. And I think that was something that people found to be inspiring. So those two books did really well all across the board. 
And that was really no big surprise. Yeah, the, the Midnight Library, that sounds really fascinating. I had heard the title. I think it was a selection of our Union Tribune book club, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, which I obviously didn't participate in, but I'm going <laughs> to you know do my makeup work for sure. Um, well, tell me about the ebooks. You mentioned some of the overlap there. Are there any other notable ebooks to mention? Well, um, there, there are a couple fun ebook things. Um, one of the ones I'm really excited about is that The Vanishing Half, by Britt Bennett showed up there. And Britt uh, is an Oceanside native. And The Vanishing Half was just really a fantastic book. Um, it was about uh, two sisters who grow up in this fictional um, town where everyone there is light-skinned black, um, many, many generations. And these twin sisters could easily pass as being white. Um, and one of them goes that route and the other one does not. Um, and the book is just fantastic. She's a wonderful writer. Her first book, The Mothers, was also really good. Um, and uh, it's just good to see a hometown person do well. Uh, that book was a New York Times bestseller and won a lot of awards. And it's just nice to see her turn up on uh, the top 10 ebooks for the San Diego County Library. Yeah, that's really cool. She was part of our festival of books last year. I was fortunate enough to interview her. You know, oh, okay. It's just so, so cool talking to her about, um, you know, the process and just, you know, her success. She told me something really funny, which was she gets embarrassed when she sees people reading it out in public. She's like, because it's like, <laughs> it's like somebody being in your head, you know, or being able to read your thoughts, like as you're standing there. But anyway, I wanted to mention that that uh, book is being made into an HBO series. So oh. we can look out for that in the next couple of years. Oh, I can't wait. Cause it, I mean, that'll be a good one. Don't you think? Very juicy. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see what the TV adaptation looks like. Um, and of course, speaking of TV and movies, what were the top movies? Well, the, the top 10 movies, as you might expect, since it, it kind of is like the big melting pot category, it's very family oriented, mostly. Um, the number one movie was 1917. Uh, which was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. Um, I don't remember which ones it won, but it was up there. Uh, number two, we've got Jumanji, The Next Level. Um, number three, we have, for me, the big mystery of the whole, of ho the whole list um, was uh, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which was the follow-up to the first Hitman's Wife movie. I don't even know the title <laughs> of that one, but it's it's Ryan Reynolds, so maybe that's why. Uh, but I don't know, number three, totally mystifying to me. Um, I looked it up and the reviews were mostly terrible. So, you know, I'm not gonna malign any library user's taste, but I'm not sure what that's <laughs> doing there. Uh, <laughs> um, number four was F9, The Fast Saga. And then we had Black Widow, we had Raya and the Last Dragon, which you said you saw and enjoyed. I did see it. And speaking of hometown heroes, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, the uh, voice of Raya is from San Diego. Go Kelly, she's yeah. great. Um, and number seven was Cruella, and then The Marksman, um, followed by A Quiet Place Part Two at number nine. And then at number 10 was the most recent adaptation of Little Women, which we both saw. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, I can't believe it was, it's been a couple of years since it came out. Well, I was wondering about movies. I mean, are people checking these out in person or are they available for streaming online with your library card? 
Um, I am pretty sure that those are just DVD. I don't think you can stream online through the library. Um, and a lot of the libraries, even when you could not go in, uh, they provided a touchless service where you could reserve online and then go pick them up. Um, so that could be how a lot of people got these. But you know, as, as last year kind of went on, more and more libraries were open again, um, not for a lot of browsing necessarily, but you were allowed to go in and pick stuff up. So I suspect that's how people were getting them. I don't think you could stream on the, through the library. Um, I hope I'm not wrong on that. You're probably right. That was just me being hopeful that I could cancel Netflix. And um, I want to acknowledge that you uh, have a school behind you, and it sounds like you know some of the students just scored a goal or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's there's some sort of there's some sort of very exciting event going on back there. There's lots of yelling and banging. Um, I think it's I think it's softball. I'm looking through the fence and it looks like there, it looks like it's more of a softball situation and not a soccer situation from what I can tell. <laughs> sounds, sounds like an exciting game. Yeah. Uh, just, just wanted to uh, acknowledge that. And final question for you, Carla is, you know, what should we expect for 2022? You know, any, any forecasts, any recommendations from you? Um, I'm guessing that um, forecast wise, you know, as I think as long as we're sort of in the situation we're in now, I think people are going to still go for the comfort reads. They're going to go for the authors they know, uh, the sequels they know, um, you know, and when it comes to familiarity, I also want to just kind of point out that um, the top 10 chapter books for kids um, was dominated. In fact, it was totally taken over by only two authors. So uh, in that list, you, it was divided. Uh, you had a bunch of books from Dav Pilkey's Dogman series. Um, you might also know him from the Captain Underpants series. Hmm. Uh, and the other ones were all from the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series. So even young people, they were like, I, I want to go with a known quantity. I want to go with the authors I know are going to uh, soothe me and entertain me. Um, and I think, I suspect we'll probably go with that as far as this year goes, unless things change dramatically, they, they might, hopefully they will. Um, but I think people are still gonna go with, you know, book club recommendations, authors they know, uh, sequels, um, autobiographies by big names they know. So that, that is what I would, that is what I would expect. Yeah, the comfort reads. That really is. I mean, it makes sense, but it's interesting. So, okay. Well, Carla Peterson, uh, UT columnist, thanks so much. Thanks, Christy.